This is Podflix, episode 173. I'm Nish. And I'm Paul. And I'm Willie. No, you're not. Uh, I was hoping to fool you. I could I could just do that voice the whole time and it would be like, man, Willie sounds a little weird. I mean, it was close, but you missed the Cockney accent that Willie yes, has. Yes, yes, that's true. And his, his, his rhyming slang that he's always <laughs> <Sorry>. using. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, uh, no, Willie's not with us, um, but he'll be back next time. Right, right. So it, it falls to the two of us, uh, and we will be talking about Lin Manuel Miranda's "In the Heights." I always want to say it that way when I hear that. Like I always want to say it like "Into the Woods," you know, "Into the Heights." Ah, into there the we heights. go, "Into the Heights." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing, of course, it always reminds me of is the uh, TV show and band from the '90s, "The Heights." Oh who my did, god. Who did How Do You Talk to an Angel? Yes, they absolutely <laughs> you remember did. Remember that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. This uh this movie had none of those things. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. No uh no no what was that guy's name? Ray or something? I don't, I don't know. Whatever whatever that guy's name was on the Heights. Yeah, he wasn't there. The baker's wife didn't make an appearance at all. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um but but we did see a lot of stuff uh in uh in the heights um i don't know uh do we do we want to start unpacking this movie right away well i I do want to tell a quick story the meta story about watching this movie oh please please do uh because i i you know i didn't know much about it before i watched it like i just knew it was you know about washington heights and you know it was the musical Lin-Manuel miranda wrote before he wrote him this is this is exactly what i knew (laughs) so i go to watch it but I have to, I have to watch it really late. Like I, I ended up having to start it at like ten thirty or eleven at night, um, and the reason I had to do that was because the, I spent the rest of the evening in a blackout due to oh. the heat. Oh, jeez. So uh, the the night I had to watch this movie, and I had to watch it. You know, I basically watched it like the. You know, it turned out to be two nights previous to this, but um, right, I. Where I was, we had a we had a five hour blackout um, due to the heat. So I watched this movie, and what do I find out? That it's is, a, it's it, a musical about a blackout, right? Due right, to the uh, heat. The, it, like, right. It like kind of revolves around a blackout that happens. Yeah, so uh, that that felt thematically appropriate. Yes, yes, very much so. That is, yeah, that is hilarious. Yeah, that was a hot day. Not, I'm not, I, who knows if it was a hot diet day and in the Heights. I assume it was, it says it was right. It was 99 degrees or something like that. Yeah. It was funny because they, they throw up those little title cards that says like three days till the blackout, 88 degrees. And I'm like, I would kill for 88 degrees right now. Like right. that is not hot at all. Right. Right. Yeah. It was super hot a couple of days ago here and yeah. I'm sure it was where you are as well. Ugh, that was, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. All right. In the Heights. <clears throat> Um, so this is, uh, this is on HBO max right now, I think through, uh, for another week or two, right. Till, till like July 10th or something like that or some, somewhere around there. Yeah. Probably um, only a couple days after you're hearing this. Yes. So. Yes. Maybe even after you're hearing this, <laughs> who knows? Um, uh, I mean, people could be listening to this 10 years from now for all we know. Right. That's true. 
But depending on what time of the year it is, it might be on until July 10th of that year. <laughs> you never well, know. At a certain point, it'll be on all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no, they're only going to make it available for a month every year. They're pulling it out of the HBO vault. <laughs> yes, exactly. Disney style. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, it is based on the musical um, that was written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It was the first musical, the one that he did before uh, Hamilton. Um, and uh, the musical was very successful, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, won multiple Tonys. Right, exactly. It, it was very, it was lauded. Um, it, I think it, it opened on Broadway, I think, in 2008. Um, so that's kind of, you know, when, when that was actually done. And then soon after that is when he kind of started getting ready to sort of make Hamilton, which famously took a very long time to do. Um, so the movie... Um, revolves around uh, basically Washington Heights, like you said, which is a neighborhood uh, in upper Manhattan, you know, all, all the way up, kind of getting very, 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 very close to the Bronx for people who don't know uh, New York City. Um, and <laughs> that won't mean anything to them. They don't know what the Bronx is if they don't know New York City. Well, okay. All right. Fair enough. It's up by the George Washington Bridge. Yeah. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's kind of a it's kind of sort of like a slice of life musical like it, it kind of shows kind of what you know the people who live in this neighborhood what their life is it's it's a you know the labor the neighborhood or at least all the characters in in this are mostly almost all uh, Latino um, and uh, you know with with one or two exceptions um, and you know that's kind of the the neighborhood that it is you know sort of a a very I don't know what you would call like ethnic neighborhood, not not very well to do generally, although, there, you know, there are some people who have you know some money because they own businesses and that kind of thing. But it's not like it's not like very white collar, like, you know, in terms of kind of what we see anyway. Um, but, you know, it's a very close knit community. Um, everybody gets along, you know, very, very well together. And it kind of explores sort of, you know, the um, the dynamics, interpersonal dynamics between, you know, about what? Uh, 10 people or so um, mm-hmm. in within the neighborhood. And then um, our main character is uh, a uh, Dominican immigrant. Uh, basically, he, he came to the U.S. when he was a young child named Usnavi. Um, and uh, in the original Broadway musical, he was played by Lin-Manuel Miranda. For um, the movie, he's played by Anthony Ramos, who is... Uh, uh, played uh, John Lawrence and Philip Hamilton in Hamilton. Um, so that's where I knew him from. That and those like commercials. I can't remember what they're for. Where he like sings with some woman. I don't know what they are. Probably not a good commercial, right? I, I remember he's with in it. Some woman. It's weird. It's 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 weird. I can think of the song and I know he's in the commercial, but like now that I think about it, it's like I don't know what this commercial's for. I think it's for some kind of alcohol. But I can't think uh, of what it is. I was hoping you're gonna say it was like it's like some kind of like it's like an investment group or like a retirement no. fund, and he's just singing some song about it. No, no, he's in. He, I, it, I think it's for some kind of alcohol, and I think like the song they're singing has to do with like how how much connection you get out of like being with pe- other people like in bars and stuff like that. Now it'll be nice when we're able to like all be like that 
again. I mean, this is from a few months ago. Why am I talking about this commercial so much? Who cares? Just going on and on about this commercial that I don't even fucking know what it's for. Um, okay. So um, there are a lot of other people in this uh, movie. We'll get to that. Um, let's start by talking about... I. So we've already talked a little bit about what we knew about this movie going into it or, or about the musical going into it, which is next to nothing, right? I, I basically knew yep. what you knew, that, that the Heights referred to Washington Heights, that it was Lin-Mel Miranda's first musical, um, the one he did before Hamilton, and that was more or less it. So um, where shall we start? Let's Let's start with kind of the music, since that's since it's a musical. Sure. Because because it's uh, I mean, this is very much a musical. Like, it's not one of those musicals where, like, there's like a couple of songs like it's right. there are a lot it's, of songs in this. It's it's not it's not a Disney musical. Where right. Like, exactly. Where like there's like four times during the movie they break out into song and that's about it. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, it is. It is a musical, although, you know, it does have about they did cut about five or six songs from the show. Did it? I didn't, um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and to be honest, like I kind of felt that a little bit. Like I, I was expecting lots and lot, like wall to wall music in this, and there are a couple pretty long stretches without without mm-hmm. music. Um, that being said, you know, it's it was weird. Like I was listening to it, I was listening to the music, and first of all, um, like if if you if I didn't if I had never heard of this musical. And you played it for me, and I would have said, "Yeah, this is the the guy who wrote Hamilton wrote this. Like it sounds like proto Hamilton. It does, Um, and and just like the the I don't know, I don't know enough about music to describe it intelligently, but it sounds exactly like Hamilton music. It sounds like Hamilton music, and I also felt like it had his voice. Like I don't know if Anthony Ramos was." intentionally trying to sound kind of like Lin-Manuel Miranda at times, or if it's just that that character's like, you know, uh, songs or, you know, you know, whatever he's doing during, during songs is like written so much to be in, in Lin-Manuel Miranda's voice. But it like the whole time, anytime he had a song, which is a lot, it felt like it's like, yeah, I can hear Lin-Manuel Miranda singing the song, even though he's not like, it sounds like him singing the song kind of like they all, all like, just the way it was written, it was very similar to kind of how Alexander Hamilton, the character, is written um, at times, anyway, in in yeah. Hamilton. For sure, for sure. So, then listening to it at the time, you know, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, you know, I was watching the movie, and I was thinking, that this, this, this music's fine, like it's good. You know, there's songs I like more than others, um, and you know, I remember th- like finishing up and I and thinking like, oh, I guess I guess the music was a little disappointing, and then. That was two days ago, and what I've discovered since then is I am constantly humming and singing the music to myself since then. And like it got itself into my brain in a way I didn't think it was doing at the time, and I've actually listened to the soundtrack a couple of times since then, and I'm like, oh, I, I'm into this. This is cool. That is really interesting because I had the same reaction that it was like this didn't really feel like it like hooked me um the the the, the soundtrack mm-hmm. and i stayed that way i'm the opposite of you like I, <laughs> I i i have not listened to the soundtrack anymore i cannot remember how a single song sounds from this um which granted i only listened to it once right i only saw the movie the one time and obviously yeah. helps with repeated listenings but i definitely recall like when i watched hamilton i was the only one out of the three of us who had never seen hamilton 
I knew a couple of the songs because how could you not? But only right. a couple, you know, like I probably only knew, you know, the opening song, my shot and like some of you'll be back. Like maybe like like I think that's it. That's the only stuff I actually knew. And at, when the show ended, like I had multiple songs where it was like, I like that and I like that and I like that. And one one, it might just be that they're better songs overall. It's possible very much. I mean, but it's also I wonder if some of it had to do with seeing that show like that's not a film, right? That is a filmed musical and seeing mm-hmm. it in its musical sort of shot as a musical. Um, I wonder if that impacted like how I remembered it a little more um, than, than the way that this was shot. Yeah. I, I did find myself at times wishing that I was watching a film, the musical and not the fil- this film version of this. Yeah. Um, I did quite a bit actually. <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't, I don't. I can't exactly explain why I felt that way, um, but I think I think part of it was, you know, it's watching it and um, th- the music and the dialogue. Like you can tell, or I say I felt like I could tell I was watching a musical, not a movie. Right. So I kind of wanted to watch it as a musical, not as a movie. Right. Yeah. I d- I did feel that way, and and some of it was just that, like I said, like I found I found a lot of the musical numbers like pleasing but not ultimately memorable to me anyway um like i i remember certain ones very well but I, again i can't remember the music i just remember what happened and i feel like those were probably the ones that were better shot like a couple of the ones that stand out to me in my head like like the first one that i like listened to and was like Oh, I really like this one. I like, like I, I would imagine. And I think I looked it up afterwards and it's like, yep. Like this is like kind of the crowd pleasing number is 96,000, which is the, you know, the, the song they sing about when they find out that a lottery ticket has been a uh, winning lottery ticket has been sold in Usnavi's bodega. Um, yeah. and that one, like I liked the way that was shot, like at the pool and everything, like it felt memorable. Like that felt like a number and felt shot that way in a way that it's like, Oh yeah. Like, I like this. I think I also like like the song just caught me a little more too, um, as you're going through it. And then a couple other ones that um, that I remember fairly well are uh, what is it? Pacencia y Fe, the the song that Abuela Claudia sings uh, when she is dying. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's one where I felt like the cinematography evoked what I imagined the musical looked like a lot. Like when she's in the subway car and it keeps changing to like old Cuba and then yeah. like back and again, it's like I could see that on stage a lot better. And it's like, yeah, I can see how exactly who knows if that's exactly how it looked or not. But I could see that on stage and I, I appreciated that. Yep. I, yeah, I agree. The, um, the other said, I mean, the opening song, I actually really like um, as like a good introduction to the characters and what's going on. I don't understand why it felt like there was a lot of movie before we get to the opening number which yeah, felt a little weird to me that did like, feel weird so we should mention there's a framing device which is right that usnavi is talking to a bunch of kids um in a in a tropical setting right um, and explaining to them what washington heights is and and it kind of cuts back to him telling them this story um throughout the movie so it opens with that and then we go to washington heights and then we go to him waking up and then opening the bodega and then he start and then it starts singing. Right. Um, but it's, but it, the, it is, it is a while. Like it's a good five minutes probably before, yeah, I, before the song starts, which doesn't, right, which it's not usually the way it is with musicals. Usually you're kind of right into it. Yeah. Which it, it, it did put me off a little bit. I'm like, 
this is a musical, right? Like, when is there going to be a musical number here? Like, it felt this feels like it's going on too long with that one. But right. I did like that song when it came, like the, the way they introduced all the characters. Um, yeah, I I do really like um, um, the the Benny's Dispatch song where he where um, Usnavi's friend Benny is working at a taxi dispatch station and and calling out the traffic and stuff like that. Um, when his ex girlfriend shows up, I, I, that's a really good song. Yeah, um, and then and then the other one that I thought uh, that I remembered fairly well, maybe less for the song than for the way it shot. And this is kind of the opposite of what I said for the Abuela Claudia song because this one certainly could not have been done. I'm assuming the way that it was filmed is uh, I don't remember the name of the the song now. Um, the when the sun goes down song. Yes, yeah, that's it. When the sun goes down, where they're basically dancing up the side of uh, of an apartment building yeah that that i like that song but that's the staging in of that song did not work for me that dancing on the side of the building yeah that, i mean i could see that i felt i felt like again it was like well this is different like i don't i don't mind that but, yeah, but it, i could also understand how someone would say you know it didn't really work yeah, I mean, that aspect of it didn't... I, I don't know what it is. Like, people singing in a movie doesn't make me feel like, oh, reality has been smashed and we're in a fantasy world where we can do whatever we want. Right. But but I feel like when you start doing stuff like that, somehow that's different. And I felt that way, too, The when they're walking to the pool for the opening of 96,000 and they're miming different things and you can and it's like drawing in the air what they're miming yeah i didn't particularly like that i will say yeah. that <laughs> yeah i felt I did, the same way about I, that, too. I, like, that that felt unnecessary to me yeah like this feels like a different movie like yeah. i feel like i'm watching a scene from a, a different musical right um, right no I, I agree with that with um uh when the sun goes down like like i feel like what i liked about i actually liked the way that that kind of flight of fancy so to speak the way it ends which is like you know basically you know, they're, they're kind of dancing sideways on the thing. And then they gradually kind of come down and sort of get, you know, back to like normal gravity, so to speak. And they are embracing and kissing. And I feel like it gave me the impression basically that that whole dancing up the side of the building was an, what basically what really happened there is that they started making out, they started kissing. And that was an expression of sort of how they were feeling as they were kissing i don't know if that was the intent but i liked that idea yeah it's like the old saying you know i, I was so happy i was dancing up the side of the building <laughs> yes exactly we all say that <laughs> yeah yeah you know as you do yeah so can we can we can i bounce off of that and then can we start talking about i think kind of the two romantic relationships in this movie which Absolutely. is interesting because it has two yes yeah and i will say that one of them worked way better for me than the other one yeah agreed and i think we probably feel the same way about which one worked better yeah i mean benny the benny and nina relationship um worked really well for me yeah agreed Um, and more so than the usnavi and vanessa relationship um yeah i i did not like some of that comes down we'll talk about the relationships but like this is part of what i my issue with the relationship is that i was not the I was, uh, if I'm being honest, I was not the hugest fan of either female lead in this movie, but especially not Vanessa. I I was not a big fan of Vanessa either. Um, yeah. In in all aspects, which is part, but I, I did like Nina actually. I liked her a lot. Um, and you know, I um I don't know everyone's name, but like 
her and Benny actually had chemistry right. in a way that v- Vanessa and Usnavi had none. Right. Like, I, I, I strongly got the sense that Usnavi liked Vanessa, but, and Vanessa always seemed to like be Pissy. going along with it. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Like, yeah, like, it, it was very rarely did I really get a sense that she felt something for him, even when... And, and to be fair, there are times when she's supposed to be pissed at him and various things. But, like, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I never really got the sense that, like she felt something for him. Like I, like I, you could see why she would like, I feel like they, they paint Usanabi out generally to be a pretty good guy. Like he, you know, he has this time when he's like, not like as, as good as he could be um, or, or not as understanding maybe as he could be. But yeah, like I, I just didn't get like the, like the choices that, um, that actress, uh, is it Melissa Barrera? Is that her name? Uh, yeah, I think that's her name. Yeah. Yeah, was making in that role. Just yeah, yeah. She it, like she just seemed like she didn't like him that much, right? Like, um, like she never seemed charmed by him to find him funny, to find him interesting, to find, um, but yet like strangely like jealous and weird about it too. Like I don't know. Like I agree with you. The choices there were weird. Um, yeah, and, and as a result, like that relationship kind of just didn't work for me. And it's interesting because like there's not. Like Nina and Benny don't nearly get as much time. Like, like, like they are the other romantic relationship, but it's not like, like it's more of the you know, it, it, like I said, it, it's an ensemble, but it's more. There's more time spent with the Usnavi Vanessa thing, I would say, than, than I, Nina I and was... Benny overall. Nina, Nina and Benny, I feel like get three kind of scenes, so to speak. Like in the beginning, when they sort of like when she comes home and they kind of see each other. Um, the when you're home song, which I forgot about that song. I like that song a fair amount. I feel like that that song is the one I think that does the most to flesh out their whole relationship and how they are with each other. And and I think it's really mm-hmm. good. Uh, and then the the sun going down one that we talked about. At the yeah, end. well, I mean, I think part of it is like Nina's character was more fully fleshed out than Vanessa's was. Like, yes. she had a lot more going on. Yeah, um, and she was more complex. Yeah. And seemed more like both characters have like a conflict and then that conflict, you know, ultimately gets some kind of resolution. And so, so it's not like and, and they both kind of have to learn something, so to speak, a little bit um, like like with Nina, you know, she's she's kind of having a tough time and she drops out of Stanford because she feels like she's alone there. She has no support like she kind of can't hack it kind of, um, you know, being there sort of all alone and then, you know, she ends up kind of, you know, kind of recommitting like she she kind of finds a purpose in um, in kind of helping undocumented immigrants um, and and kind of recommits uh, in the end. But overall, like she felt much more mature, even though she's, I assume, supposed to be younger um, because she's just yeah. in the middle of her freshman. <laughs> she's just come back from her freshman year of college. Um I, I assume that Vanessa is older than that. I guess I don't know for sure, but I, I mean, assume. I assume that because this Navi mentions that he's, that he's like almost 30. 30. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I exactly. Hope, I hope Vanessa is not supposed to, is yeah. not playing like 19. No, I assume she's supposed to be mid twenties or, or even closer to 30. Yeah. I think I got that impression too. Yeah. Right. Right. And she doesn't, and, and yet like the way she acts doesn't seem very mature at all. Even, even not even in terms of like what we were talking about, about her being like pissy and stuff sometimes, but even like, her conflict, which is kind of like she wants to get out of the neighborhood and she wants to go downtown and like be like a fashion designer. But there's no concrete thing on like what she's like. It's just kind of like, 
I'm going to go downtown and somehow just be a fashion designer because I'm not here anymore and I'm downtown. And it's like, anybody could kind of tell you, it's like, it doesn't work that way. Like, like, well, like yeah. how's this going to happen? <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, and, and which goes to her, like her, the ultimate resolution of her story, which is basically she runs, she doesn't have to go downtown to be a fashion designer. Like she, right. she just stays in Washington Heights and becomes a fashion designer. Right. She has a fortuitous um, run in with uh, graffiti Pete and his rags. <laughs> yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. It's her, right. Her conflict is weird. And I mean, a lot of, a lot of this movie is people wanting to leave washington heights or feeling like they need to or they should yes um and 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 they and they expressly say like you know is this like the end of this neighborhood or are things changing is this neighborhood dissolving um as a result or you know it's changing is that is that okay and that's right. like a lot of what this movie's about um but i i feel like they kind of shoehorned her vanessa story into that mold where it didn't really fit yeah yeah no i i absolutely agree with that um and you know that's an issue because that's kind of one of the main you know her relationship with the snobby and and just her as a character like it's it's one of the more visible characters and relationships in the film and so the fact that it doesn't really work uh is a bit of an issue um i did not really have an issue with any of the supporting characters though i thought they all pretty uniformly did a very good job uh in their roles like, i agree with that like yeah. kind of yeah kind of the ensemble cast so we have uh abuela claudia um who's sort of the basically she's she's nobody's actual abuela i don't think um no but she's nobody, like the matriarch of the exactly yeah, she's the matriarch of the neighborhood yeah exactly yeah. and um she is uh played by uh what's her name olga Meredith, right I'm probably just butchering the name, so I apologize. But but she actually played Abuela Claudia in the musical version as well. So she's kind yes. of reprising her role uh, here, um, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so she's great. And um, uh, another person I thought was really good was uh, Daniela, uh, who's played by uh, uh, Daphne Rubin Vega. Um, oh, yeah, she was really good. Yeah, yeah, who, who's basically, um, she owns the hair salon which a lot of which a few of the characters work at including Vanessa and um and she's moving out she's she's moving out because um basically what the rent went up i think and so she's moving uh, out to the bronx to grand yes. grand concourse um, as, as they say in new york the rent is too damn high yes exactly uh um, and she, you know, she's, you know, she's, she's really good. She's the original, uh, the, the original Mimi from rent. Um, and so, you know, she's, she's got her theater chops and all that. And I think she does a really good job. She has kind of a showcase song, uh, towards the end, the, uh, the carnival. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I couldn't remember the first one. It's like something de la barrio, <laughs> but yeah. 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 She, that's, that's, she gets a really good moment to shine there. At the yeah. End. Yeah. She, she does. Gets, she gets the big second act showstopper song. Yeah. Um, another person I really liked was, I'll have to look up who the actor is, but the guy who plays Sonny, um, who is basically uh, Usnavi's like young cousin. Oh, interesting. I, I bounced off of him a little bit. Like um, he, I, I had trouble getting a handle on, on, on that, on that character a little bit. I, I, yeah, that that's fair. I guess what I will say was I don't, I don't always know how I felt about the character. I felt like the actor who plays him, I felt like it's like that guy has presence. 
Like it's like I hope I see that guy in other stuff because I feel yeah, like I, 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 I like yeah. that actor a lot. And he's young, you know, he's like sixteen or something. So it's kind of like it's like I hope he gets in other like you know movies and stuff like that because like he he seems like someone who like years from now we you know who knows but like we could be looking at it years from now and be like yeah you remember you like he got a start in in the heights i mean i'm sure it wasn't his start but first thing we saw him in yeah um I, yeah yeah is there is there anybody else that you'd want to kind of point out um i don't think so i mean jimmy smith is in this movie which we, we didn't really talk about um i mean kind of because he's like just there to it's weird right like i thought he'd have a little more like he's he's important and yet he's kind of just around the margins at the same time if that makes any sense it's very similar to how he is in those star wars movies where he's just yeah, just so, there often enough to kind of like be like oh yeah jimmy smith huh yeah so they they this is another like difference from the musical they like simplified his role like in ah. in the musical the mother's alive as well and and mm. so they're both parents are there that is and, different and they kind of like move stuff around so it's just the father nina's father um played by jimmy smith and he kind of doesn't have a lot to do and like he's 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 like the he's like the person standing in nina's way for a bit um you know he's the person who just doesn't understand or whatever or the person pushing her and then they kind of resolve that and they don't resolve his story at all like because they kind of mentioned like oh he had to sell a large part of his business to send his daughter to stanford right and then she doesn't want to go anymore but he sells the rest of his business to continue sending her to stanford and then that's it and it's like okay you've sold your business you've paid for two years of stanford like you don't have a job anymore like, like, what are you going to do and how is she going to keep going to Stanford? Yeah, well, I feel like there's, there's yeah, like, and, and and they go through at the end and they put a, there's there's a scene that sticks out to me, which is um, Jimmy Smith and, and Benny, now I'm mis- mixing my actors and character names, but yeah. are talking and, you know, they they have like a, a, a little bit of a falling out and then a reconciliation during the blackout and then they're right. talking afterwards and he's like, you know, did I ever tell you I bought this? You know, I bought this place from, you know, from an, this used to be an Irish neighborhood and, and I bought it. And then, like, that scene just kind of ends and there's like no tying anything up there. And that's like the last you ever see of him. And I'm right, like, right. That scene seems like it should have gone on, should have been about twice as long as it was. Like, it, they just kind of cut and, it's and like, like and like led end. to something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it should have been like, you know, and, and I see a lot in you or like, you know, I see a lot of myself in you, Benny, and you can really be something. And it's like, no, there's there's none of that. It's just <clears> right. It, it, it also seems I mean, I realize this is kind of hokey, but it also seems like this is the kind of movie that would have had this that like at the end. So so at the end of the movie, right, it is revealed that um, well, some of this reveal doesn't happen right at the end, but more or less towards the end of the movie, it's revealed that one of the kids that. Usnavi is telling the story to is actually his daughter. And then it's revealed further once you find out what happens that Usnavi actually never left Washington Heights, that they're not talking to each other in an actual tropical location, but they're actually in the bodega, which has kind of been done up to sort of have like a tropical back wall and stuff like that. Um, and he's, he, he's still in Washington Heights. He owns a bodega. He's married to Vanessa, and this is their daughter who he's telling the story to. And then they go out. They have like the rest of like the like you know, final number, they dance in the streets and then it's done. And it felt like it's like, this obviously takes place years after <clears throat> the most of the story because they are married and have a child. 
I assume they're married. I guess I didn't. They never say they're married, but they have a child together. Um, yeah. And um, they could have shown like, you know, Benny has this business now or, or something like, you know, or maybe he's not there anymore. And that's why they didn't do it. But like well, some, some of the other characters, they could have like it could have been a little like, here's what happened to this person kind of thing a little bit. But they didn't right. really do that. It, it's weird because so, yeah. So at the end, like it turns out. Sonny is an, is an undocumented immigrant and, um, you know, oh, right. Um, there's that and, too. <laughs> and Ustavi is going to like pay to try to get him. Right. You know, because it was, it, it turns out card. that Usnavi ends up with the winning lottery ticket. It was uh, Abuela Claudia's and she left it to him when she died. Um, and yeah. he didn't know about it until the very end. And yeah. And he gives it to a lawyer to, and said like, I want to pay, I want this to get, go towards like court fees to kind of try to get, Sonny, you know, um, what he needs to, you know, basically be able to be in, in college. So basically right. get him documentation or whatever. And the lawyer is like, you know, it's my legal responsibility to tell you, like, there's a there's a decent chance this won't work. Like, it'll take some time, blah, blah, blah. And then we time skip several years forward to the end of the movie. And I don't know that we don't know what happened there. <laughs> right. Did right. that work? I don't know. Right. Um, it feels like a pretty big thing to, like, want to wrap up. Like, right. As far as I know, we don't get any resolution for Benny unless, like, I blinked for a moment and missed it. But I don't, I don't think know so. what happened. Yeah. Like he, so he is working for Nina's father, who, as we just mentioned, sells his business. Um, so he's not working there anymore because um, the place is going to become a big dry cleaners. Um, so what's Benny doing now? I don't know. They never tell us. Like he just kind of disappears. And- right. Right. And and to be fair, like there are movies where this would be perfectly acceptable. Like, you know, I've seen plenty of movies where it's kind of like, yeah, everything doesn't wrap up neatly. All you know is that they're going to try and they're going to kind of go go for it. And like, you never actually know what ends up happening, like whether, you know, something good happens or something bad happens or anything like that. You don't actually get resolution. And that's fine. But like, one, this is not really that kind of movie. This is like a kind of feel-good musical in the end. Uh, yep. Even though some, you know, some sad stuff happens, it's ultimately a feel-good musical. And it time skips, like you said, like a time skip, which seems tailor made, like like half the reason you would be doing that is to skip ahead to when, say, Benny maybe has bought a business and or like formed a business and like made something of himself. Nina has graduated Stanford, like Sonny has some kind of resolution on what's good. Like there are like a lot, like you said, a lot of these things that like they set up that it's going to be take some years to like find out what happens to these people. And then they don't pay it right. off. Right. It, yeah. It, it, it felt like that's what they were setting up. And then it doesn't pay off. Which right. Is, right. Which would have been fine if they didn't set it up to make it feel like they were paying that off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. That, that was a little weird. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, what else do we want to say about this? Uh, we can talk briefly about Lin-Manuel Miranda, who, who gave, <laughs> gives, gives himself a cameo in this uh, movie as the uh, Piraguera guy or... <laughs> Piagra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have to say, I thought we got a little too much Lin-Manuel Miranda in this movie. Like, I was kind of expecting him just to be in that one scene and then not see him again. I didn't. Yeah, it was like I was fine with the one scene. And I'm even fine with, like, the tag at the end, like the mid-credits or post-credit thing that they yeah. do at the very end. But, yeah, having him be in the carnival scene and having that him, like, like a little much. felt like a little much. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, he gets, you know, he's there at the beginning. He gets his little song. He gets to have a spat with Chris Jackson. With, with Chris Jackson, yeah, the original Benny, um, right, right, which is which is funny. And then yeah. yeah, he does show up a couple more times, and it's like, 
all right, dude, like I get it. Like, you know, right. Right. It's like on the one hand, like I, I get the idea that it's like, well, he lives in the neighborhood too. Like, why wouldn't he be like with the rest of these people like during the yeah. blackout and all that stuff. But on the other hand, it's kind of like, yeah, but like, you know, he gets like some kind of like, not big lines, but like he's noticeable. Like it's not like he's just like there. Like he gets yeah. he gets some real singing lines that are like are focusing up on him. And it's a little I mean, bit it's, like it's the proto it's the proto King George character. It's the it's right. the character that you can stunt cast in the musical where they only really have to learn one song and they have to and not do very much, but you can bring it but they can keep showing up and be like, Oh look, it's you know, whoever. Like Right. Um, and and I will say, like the carnival thing notwithstanding that worked for me like i i have to admit that when he came on for the song you know whenever it comes like he's in the very beginning but then like the song comes a little later in the movie and i was happy to see him i was like ah this is great (laughs) and it's like and and it wasn't a long song but it's like you know it's like it's it's there he has a spat with chris jackson like you said and i was like it it was like ah that was good i like that so you know it 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 worked on me you know even though it's kind of corny um, but yeah, I, I agree. I feel like there was maybe one scene too many where he was there. Yeah. 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 Take him out of the carnival song. And then I think it's fine. Yeah. If he just shows up again, because that, I didn't know there was a post credit scene. I was just, um, like reading something on my phone while the credits were playing. And then like it popped up. I was like, Oh, <laughs> a post credit scene in this movie. That's weird. Yeah. No, it was the same with me. Actually. I, I just had it kind of playing while I was like checking something else. and It was just like finishing up. Then I was like, oh, there we are. Because why would you expect to see a poster? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, this isn't, it's setting up the, uh, the, the linematic universe, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was trying to think of like a, like a, a Sam Jackson showing up to recruit both of them yeah, for yeah, like, yeah, exactly. The, 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 whatever, like the, the summer treat Avengers <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Mr. Softy guy, you're part of a bigger world. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah and I think so but all in all like I don't I don't I feel like this is coming across I don't know somewhat negative I have to say like um, it took me a little bit to get wrapped up into it but once I did like I was I was pretty much along for the ride for this movie like I, I did get into it yeah I, I I would agree with that like I it, it took me a little to get into it and then um, I, I also watched it late at night and that's partially just because that's when I can watch things more or less um, but there was a point where it was like I could stop now because it's getting really late and then I was like nah I'll finish it and just deal with it <laughs> Which yeah. says something that that I was like into more, just kind of getting it, you know, finishing it rather than waiting uh, to finish another day. I kind of wanted to kind of keep going and, and kind of see see where it went. It, you know, it, it, like one one other thing I will say, um, I, I kind of talked in the beginning about like how some of the musical numbers I felt were like I don't want to say unimaginably shot. That's not really true, but like they were shot in a way that like I don't remember them very well, and I might have if it was on a stage. But I will say like I quite enjoyed some of the cinematography of this movie. I do feel like it captured the neighborhood really well. And that's probably because it was mostly shot on location as far as I could tell. Um, at least, at least a lot of establishing shots and things like that were, um, very much shot on location and it looked that way. It it had a very vibrant look to it. Um, it, and Mm -hmm. I felt like I also, I could feel when it was like, like decently well, when it was like very hot, uh, as well without just having people like having sweat pouring off them or something like that. Like there were, there were very, I, I felt like uh, quite a few of the shots, like I felt what that felt like, like the, 
blackout, even pre-blackout, like at the night when they are at the club, um, you know, on, on the date, I could feel that like, like that, like I, I had it in my head as to what that feels like that, like hot night in New York kind of, kind of feel like it looked like that in, in a really, in a way that it was like, yeah, I know that. Like, I know what that's like. Yeah. I I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I I could like feel it on a visceral level. Yeah. That night, the, the, the nightclub scene is my least favorite scene in this movie. I agree. Um, I, 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 yeah. I mean, one, I'm just like, I, I tend towards not liking scenes where tension is caused by like miscommunications and like, it's not quite a miscommunication, but it's kind of like, it's just two characters acting and Usnavi especially acting in a way that like, doesn't really fit with like what you've seen of him thus far and what you see of him later. Yeah. And you know, it's like, it betrays like, it betrays like, like, like he's insecure in a certain way throughout the film with regards to Vanessa. And this is insecure in a very different way that like, doesn't really fit him at all. And it's just one of those ways that's just not fun to watch at all. Yeah. It, it was weird because like, I mean, there, there had been lyrics and like, he had been singing to her, which I assume is like things like I assume in the in the fiction of the world, she knows what was sung to her, right? And he, right. Saying stuff like, you know, the only room with a view is the room with you in it. Like, oh, you know, don't you know, you, you know, like s- saying things that's just like, oh, really? He likes me. I'm so surprised. And then like they have this like weirdly awkward date where like she totally pulls him out of his comfort zone, um, and then kind of gets mad at him for not being comfortable, which is and then and he handles it like extraordinarily badly, right? Um, and like kind of gets over it and then kind of runs away from her for like plot reasons. Like, cause, cause like basically they're having trouble, like they're not dancing together at this club right? and he's feeling really out of place and she's feeling like, Oh, I know all these people and I'm super comfortable. And he's kind of pouting about it and being an ass. And then finally, like they, they're like, Oh, they're going to dance together. And, and he's just like, Oh, let, let's, let me get you some, let, let me get you a drink before we do that. And, he, and she's like, no, no, let's just dance. He's like, no, I'm just going to get you a drink. And like, it's just like, why are you, why are you doing this? And then like the right. power goes out and it's like, Oh, you're doing this for plot reasons. Like there's no, right. Like, it, 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 like you said, it's like character, their characters are established and then they act a different way on this date. Cause they kind of need to. Yeah. It's really weird. I mean, I'll be honest, like, like thinking, and I don't want to dissect that that scene too much, but like it kind of felt like it was the rare scene because I've talked about how I don't really like Vanessa in this movie, but that was a rare scene where at least in the beginning of that scene when they go into the club, Vanessa seemed fine. Like you can tell Usnavi's nervous, and I feel like what Vanessa's singing is like she, it is like yeah I know everybody, but it's also like I don't know that she says this, but the vibe I got from her was a little bit like. It's okay. Like, calm down. Like, like it'll be fine. You're with me. Like, it'll be fine. And, yeah. uh, and like, she's being fine. And then they get to the bar, and that guy asked her to dance, and she immediately is like, "No, I'm with somebody." And then yeah. he's the one who's like, "No, no, no, go and do it." And it's like, why? Like, like why? Why are you doing that? Um, I mean, I mean, it would be fine to do that, but then you know, then he gets like super jealous and weird about it, kind of as soon as right. she's doing yeah. it, which is like, you know, that's not fair at all. Right. If if they were trying to, I I think that whatever he was trying to get across didn't come across. Like if he was trying to get across, he's so uncomfortable that like he needs a moment or like he doesn't want to seem uncool or whatever, like whatever he was, they were trying to get that character to get across just wasn't happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems so weird. Like the whole way that date goes, like you said. 
Yeah. So very weird. Yeah. Um, and then and then afterwards, I was like, well, all right. I, I, I was kind of hoping because afterwards, I was like, well, they had a bad date and it didn't work out. And like that is a thing that happens sometimes. Like sometimes two people just have a bad date and maybe sure. like any other night it would have worked out, but they had a bad date and it didn't work out. And I was kind of hoping that that was going to be the end um, of their relationship. And the reason I was kind of hoping for that, I was like, well, it seems clear now like the Nina and Benny relationship is going somewhere and that seems to mostly be fine. And maybe that's going to kind of be the resolution. Cause I did not see the twist coming. I was like, well, he's leaving anyway. Right. Right. Um, I don't know if you saw that twist coming, but I no, did not. No, I didn't. I didn't see it coming. Oh, like I thought the twist was going to be like that. She was, that she was in the Dominican Republic with him. With him some, right. Yeah. 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 That yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did not see him staying. And, and that was the other scene that felt weird to me was like, that, that basically like Vanessa gets Usnavi like the morning he's leaving and like they brings him to the bodega and it's like she has like designed these clothes and um the graffiti guy has like embellished this wall this, yeah or embellished it yeah yeah embellished this mural that was there and he just kind of looks around and he's like well I'm not going anywhere and I was just kind of like really like okay I guess like I, I I don't know that that moment just felt weird to me. I don't know. Yeah, I I agree. It it felt it it felt weird that like I don't know that felt like a thing. Like I don't know how that plays any better like in a musical either. Like it felt like the kind of thing that like you'd need a book to kind of explain inner monologue and like get to like kind of what he felt or how that made him. Because I could see that kind of like pushing him like like that he was already maybe having doubts i mean i feel that way a little bit like every like multiple times throughout the movie he looks at these pictures that he has the dominican republic and these you know this little like coaster he has of his dad's bar that he's going to kind of fix up and he says like like best days of my life dad you know or something like that and as the movie goes on it sounds a little more and more like he's trying to convince himself of that like it feels yeah. very real at the very beginning of the movie. By the last day, by the it end. feels very yeah. forced, and I felt like that was actually good. I, I liked the way they played that as it went through. You could see that it was kind of like it, it was this idea, like you said, that it's like, are you like just kind of running away from something here? Like, like what? Like, are 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 you projecting a whole lot on? And and some a couple of people like explicitly tell him this kind of right. I think at some point in the film, they kind of say like, you know, it's not going to be all like fun and games like down in the Dominican Republic. Like, you right. know, it's like, like, I don't know, like you were eight years old or whatever, when you left, like, it's not, you're an adult now you're going to have, you know, a business and like stuff to take care of. It's not going to be like, like you remember it. Right. You also bought like a shit bar. That's like got destroyed. Falling by apart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you're, there's going to be all this rebuilding that has to be done. But maybe like if the, if the end, if the end scene had been like, if, Benny had been there, if Nina had been there, if like the neighborhood had been there. Right. And if they had like maybe if they had done something to like wish him well and wish him off, and he's like, No, this is this is my found family. I can't leave them. Right. That would have that would have landed better than it's just like, yeah, Sonny was there and Vanessa's there, and but like Vanessa, they they basically have shared one kiss at this point. Right. And then like graffiti guy is there, and it's like, yes, these are the people I can't leave. And I'm like, all right, I guess. <laughs> Like that seems weird, but okay. Yeah, yeah, it does seem very, yeah, it, it's kind of it's kind of odd, and you know, like like you said, it's like we keep coming back to some of these scenes, which is a little weird. But it's like it, some of this is nitpicking to some extent. In that, like, if you were to go back through a lot of musicals in particular, I bet you would find a lot of 
scenes where characters motivations don't particularly make sense or kind of seem very sudden for you know just for the purposes of kind of hurrying along the plot uh, and that kind of thing and this movie has some of that uh going yeah. on you know? and i think maybe for me if they had kept more of the music in um, and made it feel more like that i could have been swept along a little bit more yeah but it felt like there were a couple of places where there were very long stretches of just dialogue yeah between songs and yeah you know you can't have i feel like anyway you can't have the same shorthand um that you can like in a musical like a musical you can like jump through stuff and it's like all right we're getting wall-to-wall songs here we go you know right you you can get you can get away with stuff that you can't get away with in just like regular dialogue yes um like we're we're in a regular movie now and i think maybe it suffers a little bit because it was written for not wall-to-wall music, but uh, but you know, mostly there's a good, music. Yeah, there's a good forty minutes of mu- of music that were taken out of this movie. Um, I wonder. Maybe- I wonder why exactly they were in favor. I assume it's in favor of some of the dialogue to some extent that's in there. Yeah, they, um, they mentioned that they had to add dialogue to explain right. things that were otherwise explained in song. Yeah, but like, why not just keep the song? I, I guess I don't quite get that i mean because yeah. it's like they obviously had to they couldn't keep the songs in with if the dialogue was going to be there because this is a if you take out the credits this is like a two hour and 16 minute or so movie um not you know not including the credits i think you know online if you look it up it clocks in at 222 but some of that is credits but i mean that's yeah. that's long you, you don't want to make it any longer than that uh basically I, and uh, maybe that's why maybe that makes it shorter yeah yeah i guess that is some of it but it does seem, yeah, like like you said, I, I think having it be more musical, it, and and it was plenty, you know, like we said, there are a lot of songs in this, even even with the ones that were cut. It's it's not, you know, there are many many songs in this uh, movie, but yeah, it it did kind of feel like that that dialogue. Yeah, you're right. Like there are points where that dialogue becomes quite, yeah, kind of like kind of hokey because, like you said, you you can't really get away with saying certain things a certain way when it's spoken the way that you can when it's sung. So in case you're interested, the movie soundtrack is an hour and 11 minutes. Okay. And the musical soundtrack is an hour and 43 minutes. An hour and 11 Um, minutes. So now that includes a couple extra things. Um, Well, in, in in the movie one, it just includes like the end credits song too. Oh, the the Mark Anthony song. Yeah, oh, I forgot about all, Mark Anthony. <laughs> yeah, who, yeah. Uh, that's fine for this yes, movie. <laughs> yes, um, that was that was a dumb scene. Um, yeah, it was. Um, so yeah, I guess it's probably to, to keep the runtime down. But I think the, I think the movie overall suffers a little bit because of it. Mm-hmm. I, I guess is what I would say there. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, should we uh, should we go ahead and go to final thoughts on this? Yeah, right, let's slap do a grade it. on it. <laughs> It's what we do. We slap grades on things. We certainly do. All right. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. So, I, yeah. So this movie had to do a little bit of work to win me over, but did do that um, by and large. Um, you know, I found myself enjoying the movie. Like I said, I've been humming and singing the songs um, for the last two days, and, and I've listened to the soundtrack a couple of times. Um, so it's, you know, so I liked it. Um you know, it's it's probably a movie I'll want to at some point want to watch again. Like it's not like oh, I watched that; I don't need to watch it again. Like yeah, I'll, I'll watch that again. Um, I, um, I liked it enough for that. So I'm gonna give this. This is all me thinking. What grade am I gonna give? This? Right, right. Um, 
you know, despite everything we said, though, I'm going to go I'm going to go all the way to a four on this. Wow. OK. Um, um, yeah, it, it parts of it has stuck with me more than I really expected them to. And, um, you know, I'm still like singing the soundtrack in my head now as we're talking. So right. Right. Well, that's, uh, I, I guess like, I guess it's sticking with me. Yeah, I feel like that's good. Um, I'm a sucker for a musical. What do you what do you want from? Yeah. Me? Yeah. I like musicals too, but I'm, you know, for me, this is a three, um, which is still, you know, on the good side of things. I mean, it, I, I would still recommend this movie. Um, but, you know, for, for me, I the songs did not stick with me the same way. And I feel like that's a major thing. You know, I, I feel like if you find them very catchy, then I think it makes it a really good movie. And if you don't find them all that catchy, then it kind of drops it down to sort of like, well, it was pleasant. Like, like I, I enjoyed watching it. Like the songs weren't bad. I, I wasn't bored during the songs. I just don't really remember them afterwards, uh, which to me is kind of the mark of a great musical. But you know, that's just that's maybe just me. Um, you know, I, I said otherwise. Kind of the things that I liked or wished were a little different. But I think overall, like it is a, it's it's a fun movie. I feel like I, I think the cast generally does a very good job in it. Um, and so, yeah, I would, you know, I, I think I'd, I'd recommend it. Uh, Willie, even though he isn't here, did watch the movie and did give us his uh, general feeling about it in a couple words, which is basically a three out of five. Thought it was fine. <laughs> That's more or less what he said. <laughs> um, if you're curious, I would recommend if you've seen this movie, I would recommend giving the original cast recording a listen. I might do to that. Kind of compare and contrast. The yeah. Two. Yeah. I might um, do that. And actually, and once you hear the Usnavi part in Lin Manuel's voice, it really like cements. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing I thought, you know, the parts of Hamilton that I feel like Lin Manuel doesn't do as well on, and you know, the, to be fair, I'm, I'm mainly going off, you know, the the filmed version, and I guess the cast recording to some extent as well. But um, are like the slower songs where he has to emote a little more? Are the ones where it's like his you know, he, he's, I mean, he's probably got a better voice than I do, but like he doesn't have as gr- nearly as great a voice as quite a few other people in that cast do, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, your Leslie Odoms or Chris Jackson's or other people in, that are in there. Um, and like, that's, I think where he, it, like, you can kind of see it's like, uh, yeah, he's not quite as good a singer as like some of these people um, on like songs, like the, like, you know, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think, think of some of the, like, I can't remember some of the slow songs now, like, 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 like dear Theodosia, for instance, in, in Hamilton. I mean, which is, he's not really done any favors favors by the fact that he's duetting with Leslie Odom in that, in that who's right. great. Um, but in, th- in the Heights, like all of the Usnavi songs are pretty fast that I remember. I don't remember that he has too many ballads or any really, and so I feel like it fits him better probably as well. Like it, it plays to his strengths is, is what I would say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. That rapid fire delivery. Is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is what he's good at. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. So, um, yeah, I will, I will definitely give the cast recording a listen also because I want to kind of see if like, yeah, if I try to listen to these one more time, just devoid of also trying to like watch the movie and kind of take that in. It's like, are there any that really stick with me? Cause that could help mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, that might retroactively if I do end up eventually being like, yeah, I like these songs like a lot and I remember them very well and can sing them. Then, you know, that might retroactively make me feel better about the movie as well. All right. Sounds good. Yes. Um, before we go, I do want to talk about one last thing. Sure. You know, we're talking about 
um, Anthony Ramos a little bit. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I wonder if, if he's going to become a big star. Um, and part of me thinks he will. or He definitely has the potential to. Let's put it that yeah, way. I would say he has the potential, definitely. And it looks like he's going to get a chance for a star making turn because he's going to be in the new Transformers movie. Is he really? I did not know that. Yes. I also did not know there was a new Transformers movie. (laughs) Oh, excellent. So there is a new Transformers movie. Okay. And um, it is about um, there was an old um, there there is an old um, cartoon um, version of um, dinosaur Transformers called Beast Wars. Yeah, I, I, I don't didn't see it, but I am aware. All right. Well, that's what they're making. They're making a Beast Wars movie. It's called Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, and it features you know the the regular characters, but also the Beast Wars characters. So this is like all like is is Michael Bay directing this, or is this produced by the same you know? No, he is not. He is not directing it. Um, somebody else is. I forget who right now. Um, I think he's just producing it. Right. Um, but I, oh, but I guess the, the sorry. Go ahead. The guy who directed Creed Two is the guy who is is directing this movie. Who directed Creed Two? I guess I assume it's not Ryan Coogler. <laughs> no, it's Stephen Capel Jr. Okay. I don't know. I don't know who that is. All right, fair enough. Um, but I think I think this is a good move. I, all right, so I'll admit I haven't seen all the Transformers movies. Um, I've, in fact, I've probably only seen the first one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've, I've never seen I, any of the other ones all the way through, but I've seen pieces of a whole bunch of them on TV and can never keep them straight. But I think wackiness is the way for this franchise to go. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're well, yeah, the, the, the all the other movies, I think, have their wacky moments, but they're wacky in like the worst ways. <laughs> like, so maybe this one will be wacky in a better way. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think, all right, we talk about Fast and Furious a lot, but I think in the same way that they leaned into their ridiculousness, I, I think this is Transformers leaning into their ridiculousness, which I generally am, 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 am in favor of. Like, let's, yeah, I, yeah. I want to see, I want to see Dinosaur, you know, Dinosaur Megatron and Monkey Optimus Prime and all that stuff. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, like, is this going to have peter cullen in it uh yes it does okay um and apparently sporting the classic optimus prime look oh from, so uh, having having the actual the face guard kind uh, of thing and, that... yeah and and the classic like boxy um semi look yeah yeah, yeah. Not, okay not the overly crazy one right 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 um and it's got <laughs> um uh what do you call it there's there's a new um there's another Optimus. The, the the monkey Optimus is named Optimus Primal, which is a great name. Yes. Um, and and he's in it too. And he's voiced by um, the name has flown out of my head. The guy who played Hellboy. What's his name? Oh, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Thank you, Christ. Um, is doing that too. So that's you know, that's good. Good casting. I think that's good casting. Yeah. I am. I am. I, I am. I am down for this movie in a weird way and excited right. about it. So, so is, uh, is Anthony Ramos like the human? Is is he like the main guy, like like the Shia LaBeouf, like Mark Wahlberg guy? I think so. There's uh, so far they've only cast two humans in the movie, of which he is one. So, who's the other? Someone we know, or not really? Uh, not somebody I know. So. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, 
All right. Well, good, so, yeah. good, good for him. That'll be really interesting to see him like, well, I was going to see, say to see him actually like acting in a movie, but this is a Transformers movie. So who knows what that means? Um, so it's the other human is Dominique Fishback. I know that name and I don't know why. Um, yeah, I'm not sure either, but, um, she's the other human. So yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. I am strangely excited for this movie. I'm a little worried because knowing me being who I am means if I'm going to see this movie, I'm going to have to watch all the other Transformers movies. Oh my God. (laughs) How many are there? Wait, wait, wait. There's there's a lot. How how many? Yeah. But how many are there? Five, I think. Seven. Seven. Or or six. There's six if you count Bumblebee. Yeah. This is the seventh movie? Yes. Holy crap. I really thought there was way less than that. Yeah, there's one I'm forgetting. There's there's uh there's Transformers. There's Transformers uh There's like Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's the second one. I couldn't remember the name of it. Then there's Revengers the Transformers, what is it, Dark Dark Side of the Moon or something like that or something. Right, it's, right, it's, yeah, yeah, the the moon one. The moon one. There's, and then what's after that? There's Transformers The Last Night. Uh, what the I, hell is that? I think that was the fifth one. Night being K N I G H T. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, so, there, is it a period piece set in King Arthur times? No, it's not. But it does have something to do with King Arthur. Oh, that's um, too bad. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to someone who's seen like probably like a third of it. Um, and and there's uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction was the uh, was the other one. I I forgot about that one. Oh my god! Yeah, that that as you can imagine uh, introduces the Dinobots, hence the Age of uh, Extinction part. Oh, I like Grimlock. Yep. Uh, yeah, that, that's the one I think I have not seen any of. That, that yeah, I think that is one that I haven't, and I haven't actually seen Bumblebee uh, or any of it either. So, is Bumble? Uh, I can't believe I'm going to ask this question, but I'm going to ask it. Is Bumblebee in continuity with those other movies? Yes. Um, it's. It's like uh, it's it's like a prequel, right? I think. Crap! I like what, what? What do I not? Yeah, I, I like. I, he, I have no he's my idea. Least favorite. He's my least favorite of the Transformers. I don't know why they made a whole movie about him. I don't like him. Yeah, I mean, who else were they going to make a movie about? Who's who's not Optimus Prime? It's not like any of the others, really. Well, yeah, Optimus Prime is the only good one. Obviously. Interesting. So I'm looking at the uh, Wikipedia page for Bumblebee. It says it is the sixth installment of the live action Transformers film series developed as a sprint spinoff and prequel. It was later declared a reboot of the franchise. Maybe that explains why in this new one, Optimus Prime looks totally different because they're basically because they're basically rebooting it. I don't know. (laughs) No idea. I assumed he was not. But no, Peter Cullen is listed as being in this. So, yeah. I guess so. Wait, so are you saying are you saying that maybe this new one is in the the Bumblebee verse and not in the it, Transformers it is, Prime universe? It, it, it actually is definitely is in the Bumblebee verse because it says here uh, when I on the Wikipedia page for this new Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, it says the film serves as a direct sequel to Bumblebee. Oh, so I don't. So all I need to watch is Bumblebee. I don't need to watch those other yeah. movies. It says the film will center around Optimus Prime in 1994. Yes. I love a period. I love a movie set in the 90s. Yeah. That's awesome. It's so weird to start having more and more of these movies that are like set in the 90s as a period piece just because the 90s was like not even like we weren't even I mean, we were kids technically, but we weren't like little kids. 
you know, in the nineties. No, I mean, like nineties like was like our time. Right. Exactly. Like we remember the nineties way too well. Um, yeah, for sure. So it's, it's weird to like go back and be like, remember the nineties. And it's like, yeah, I fucking remember the nineties. <laughs> but does that mean that at some level, these kind of movies are catered to us because the people actually remember it? I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Ugh. We're we're the target audience for Transformers: is, Rise of the Beasts. <laughs> what is the defining character? Like, what are the defining characteristics of the '90s? Like, I can name the ones for the '80s. Like, like you know, you know, you put like headbands and like um, big um, leg warmer socks on, yeah, and like jams. yeah, you're, yeah, you're you got a movie set in the '80s. But how do you visually just? Dis- distinguish a movie that's supposed to be set in the 90s is it grunge you put everyone in flannel i I think that's some of it even even though like you know there was a good half of the 90s that didn't involve that but yeah i I I think you do some of that i mean that that's the obvious first thing you do right is like grunge grunge music and people wearing flannel and then do you do like goth kids i feel like that was a, a 90s thing too yeah yeah that was definitely a 90s thing um yeah, I don't know. Like, like you're just talking about like fashion, like how you would show people like dressing in the '90s. Well, it's a lot have of to be um, just... a lot of I, I would say a lot of like fluorescenty kind of things, uh, like like wearing that kind of stuff. Even though some of that is like really late '80s, I feel like that. Yeah, I was gonna say that's early '90s. Yeah, yeah, but I th- but I think a lot of people think of that as '90s, especially if you couple it with skateboarding. Like, I think skateboarding I gonna... is very '90s. I was gonna say inline skating. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> a lot of rollerblading. Yeah, a lot of rollerblading. But yeah, like right. like again, it's all early '90s and maybe even a little bit late '80s. But I feel like skateboarding is kind of huge. Like like yeah, Tony, skateboarding like, does feel '90s. Yeah, like Tony Hawk was big in the '90s, at least at some point in the '90s, and that that maybe bled into the 2000s as well. I mean, I mean Tony Hawk like the actual person, not Tony Hawk like the video game, <laughs> not 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 Tony Hawk Pro Skater. <laughs> <laughs> not tony hawk the religious icon or yes. the actual person yeah exactly tony hawk <laughs> the iconography <laughs> all right well see that's set in the 90s i am even more excited for this movie strangely jesus when is this movie coming out it's june like 20 soon, like yeah it's, next- it's june 2022 so basically yeah. a year from now wow which seems insane because this movie feels like it, it should take forever in post-production. Yes, it, it definitely does. Anthony Ramos as Noah, an ex-military electronics expert who lives with his family in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's pretty Transformers, ex-military. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Anthony Ramos, he's just typecast as an ex-military <laughs> electronics expert. <laughs> it's he, he, he goes with what he knows. <laughs> yeah. It's Ustavi all over again. <laughs> Oh boy! I, right. I I I know we're done talking about it in the heights, but I I will say that it's like I guess I appreciate that they provided an answer pretty early on to what the fuck kind of name Usnavi is. Oh, I love the exp- I love it's cool, the but, it, but, it, but it definitely was a thing where it was like you're going through and it's like, is this like a real name that people have? Like, what is this name? Oh, and I didn't then, even think about it. And then they it. explain I mean, it. Yep. Because people, I mean, people have names I've never heard of all the time. Right, so I right, just right. assumed that's what it was. Yeah. But, but it, it, ex- it, would, it would just seem like an interesting choice to, like, have, like, a thing and make your main character's name, like, this weird niche name that nobody ever hears ever. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, everybody else has normal names. You know, <laughs> yeah. Much more normal yeah. names. Vanessa and Nina and Benny and Daniela. It's like name names you've heard. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I love I love that explanation. I think that's great. Yeah. It totally works. Yeah. No, it, it's pretty good. All right. Let's let's close the book on In the Heights and uh this episode. Um, you can uh, email us if you wish to at talktopodfix at gmail.com. Um, oh, I was God able to, you didn't ask me what the email address was. No, no, I got it. I told you, I just looked at the email account. Hey, you, you actually can email us, and um, I don't know if we'll get it uh, definitely, but I'll, I'll check the email, and, uh, and, and I'll see the email, and, and if we get Strong it. Words. <laughs> you can definitely send it. I don't know if I'll get it. <laughs> But eventually, I'll check it. <laughs> but writing the email and pushing the send button is definitely a thing you can do. We, yeah. don't, we make no promises about what happens after that moment. Exactly. I'll, I'll, let's say this. If you, if you email, I guarantee I will read the email um, myself. And I will also <laughs> probably read it on an episode as well. Uh, unless it is, you know, filled with profanities or something like that. <laughs> or it contains a lot of like copyright material. Copyright material. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or um, state secrets or something. That's right. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, right? At, at uh, Podflix. Yeah. yeah. And I, that one, I promise, if you tweet at us, I will see it. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming everything works. All right. We really got to get our Snapchat account up and running. I don't even, I mean, I. I was going to say, I don't even know what that is, but yes, I know what that is, but that's about but all that's, I know. <laughs> I just, I just know what it is. I'm, I'm probably dating myself. That's even probably passe now, right? It's TikTok or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> do you, do you want to go ahead and call it the TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't making a joke. That was sincere that there may actually be another social network I've never heard of that everybody's using. That's possible. I think TikTok's pretty huge still. And I think plenty of people still use Snapchat. It may not be like the cutting edge thing, but I bet plenty of people still use it. I mean, plenty of people still use Instagram, and that's been around for a while now. Yeah, but Instagram, I don't know. Instagram always felt different to me than other things because it was so picture-based, <laughs> photo-centric. <laughs> that's a better way to say that. <laughs> picture-based. <laughs> It was on Sesame Street, you know, picture based. <laughs> uh, All right, that's that's it's a good place to end it. Yeah, I think I'm done talking for tonight. <laughs> picture based. Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs>